Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. How in the world did the Raptors pull this off? Was it just rust for the Warriors? Can Pascal Siakam light it up like that again? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey, sports fans, Coach Nick here, and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown live show slash uh, podcast for tomorrow slash uh, analysis of game one of the Raptors versus the Warriors. And I am pleased to bring on the show Stefan of Heat Check. If you haven't seen Heat Check, you got to get over there. We did a little collaboration in the last round, and we're here again to talk. So, Stefan, uh, how is it going in, over in your area of the world? Uh, I'm trying to go through it. You know, just watch the game almost 6 o'clock here a.m. on my end. But, you know, wow. I'm going through it. It's good. It's good. That's real dedication. Well, thank you so much for coming on and joining us. I'm excited to talk to you a little about what's going on because you have a unique perspective and a lot similar to how I look at the game. So I took a lot of notes. I got a lot of things to talk about, but what, let's throw it to you first. I'm kind of curious. Uh, and also, we got Jigglepuff on the uh, YouTube uh, comments uh, being the moderator for us. Thank you again for being out there. Uh, we also have everybody over on um, Periscope. So ask your questions. We'll get to them ASAP. But what's your what was your first impression? What was were you surprised at the result of the Raptors beating the Warriors relatively soundly? I was absolutely surprised. And as I look at my notes here, you know, the first thing that jumps out is the the transition points. Like the Warriors came in rested, you know, they had like nine days or whatnot, eight, nine days of rest. Meanwhile, Kawhi can barely walk. You know, just, just watching him is, is kind of painful. And to have that many transition points, I don't even have the, the the numbers, the exact numbers, maybe if you have them. But just watching the game, it was like crazy. Yeah, it was uh, definitely over. It was like 24 at some point with a lot of time left. So I haven't seen the Warriors play that poorly in transition defense in a long time. I mean... We had a moment where, like, uh, it was Livingston kind of jogging back, doesn't realize that Steph had picked up his man, and they leave Danny Green wide open in the corner for a three, and all those shots, like, wide open, and all those shots were really devastating. What I thought was interesting was that they had a six, seven point lead for a lot of the game, and it felt like it should have been more. And, like, finally, with about four minutes to go or five minutes when they got that 12-point lead, that's what it felt like more than anything, was that's the lead they probably should have had for most of the game. Um, so what do you think? You, you, you don't believe that there's a notion of rust after being off for so long, the Warriors would have suffered through? Yeah, I just mentioned that before, before the stream, I kind of don't believe in the whole rest versus rust type of thing. You know, you, you come in the game, like either you're in rhythm or you're not, you know, again, watching, watching the Raptors, I fully expected them to, to kind of struggle but um and it was even all the way through the second quarter you know beginning of second quarter i really saw something especially once ibaka i believe came into the game the the, the whole the whole you know pace picked up in terms of them going to the rim more 
I felt like there was one specific play where, like, Ibaka got the offensive rebound. You know, um, he finished at the rim, and um, that was kind of the catalyst both for, you know, for the guards, but as well as Gasol. Like, when they got Gasol, I was, like, I was thinking the whole time that he's going to be an inside presence. You know, they're going to have a quality big man to finish at the rim, and he hasn't been that throughout the whole playoffs, you know. Now, from the second quarter, third quarter, you know, he had his chances finished at the rim. Also, also uh, Pascal Siakam, most of his points were at the rim. If you see, he had how many, like 30 points or like mm-hmm. something like that. Most of it was at the rim and, you know, the transition stuff, you know, a bunch of it was transition. But right. finishing well- at the rim. That, that was for sure. I mean, Siakam did have some mid-range, and he had a, at least one three. I'm, going, I'm hitting the button right now as I fire up the, the box score here. So uh, Siakam, let, let's talk about that for a second because we have some people asking already right. about that. Siakam right. finished 14 of 17, <laughs> two or yeah. three from behind yeah. the line. And I know at least I would say two or three of those other shots were from outside the lane at least. So, uh, you know, maybe nine of the shots were at the rim and, and layups. Um, but we did have a, a good comment over on the uh, Periscope from G- Gabriel uh, Sturdy. Went said, there's a 0% chance Siakam does this again, right? He made shots with his eyes closed. Now, there's no question he had one running across the lane, a hook, like with two guys all over him and kind of threw it up behind his head off the glass and it went in. So that was when you knew that something was up with him. Um, but I, I wrote this down in my notes. I don't think I was prepared to for this notion of Siakam and uh, Draymond Green being this incredible, um, you know, uh, 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 matchup where he was isoing on him and scoring on Draymond Green. And of course, Green was in foul trouble, didn't want to, you know, get that fourth or fifth foul. But uh, that was the biggest surprise. Do you think that 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 Draymond's going to let that happen again in Game Two? Listen, uh, same as you as you said. Like I didn't expect that to happen, but once I saw it two or three times, I was like, he's got him under the basket. You know, he, he can take him under the basket. And I do expect it to, to happen again if, if the Warriors don't make adjustments as a team. But in terms of what I saw one-on-one, like, I think he, he has him. Okay. Yeah. I, and, I mean, I, and I, we saw this in the previous series where they were isoing a little bit on Draymond, and I was like, what are they doing? Um, and yet they, they did have a little bit of success. So, um, you know, he might be getting by on a little bit more of a reputation because certainly in the past we've seen Draymond be amazing at that and guard at right. whatever position he needs to. Right. Um, but that also speaks to a distinct lack of energy on the defensive end. And maybe that's part of the rust we're talking about. But I kind of felt like both teams lacked a lot of intensity for a lot of the game. And then when the Raptors were able to turn it up on little spurts, that's what gave them the lead. And that's what kind of, you know, was able to let them, you know, take control of this game. And it was a bit surprising how easy the Raptors controlled the game throughout. And it has to have them feeling confident going into game two. Do you have that same kind of confidence about who will win this series? You might be interested in putting some money down on the Raptors, shocking the world, and winning this thing. You've already got a leg up with all my insights, so head over to betonline.ag, the one place to get in on all the action, grab the odds, and allow the experts to do the heavy lifting for you. Sports, live betting, virtual casino, you name it. Betonline.ag is B-Ball Breakdown's preferred sportsbook online. If you're feeling lucky and would like to support the channel, 
Go to clnsmedia.com slash bball and use promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign-up bonus. That's clnsmedia.com slash bball for a 50% sign-up bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. I do want to call out real quick. We have some super chats already. So thank you so much. Alexander Varga threw in a super chat. Yaro Brock, awesome stuff. Thank you. And then Alexander has another super chat with a question. With Iggy on Leonard, who is going to guard Spicy? Uh, is Spicy's is that Siakam? Because I'm ICP. unaware of that. ICP, Pascal Siakam, yep. Okay, good. I, I guess I'm not up on my, uh, my lingo. So uh, I, I don't think they're going to do anything. I think they're going to simply look at the tape and make fun of Draymond and challenge him, I suppose, and, and you know, go at him in the, in the film session to, to challenge him to do better. Um, but that said, a lot of his damage is done in transition, which is where Draymond was, had less of an ability to take care of that because he's got to take care of everything. Now, they also took advantage of him overhelping a lot. And you call it overhelping or you call it the sort of you know, help that he normally does. And uh, other teams don't normally take advantage of that. But that, Siakam, without question, was getting open shots, open looks, and he was taking advantage of that. That said, he's not going to shoot 14 to 17 again. That's, I, think, I think he'll tell you that, too. That's not, a, that's not going to be a surprise. Um, so that's a real interesting uh, dilemma that, that the, uh, the, the Warriors are going to have. Um, let's go over here and see what else we have on the um, YouTube chat, because we have, we have a lot of people here and a lot of questions here. Um, and then Stefan will definitely come back in here, I'm sure. Uh, let's see here. Um, oh, I'm getting an email from him, maybe. Let's see. Uh, wow, let's see. Dylan Nguyen has, wow, first game and we already beat the Cavs and how many wins they got in the finals last year. Yeah, okay. Now, here's a question. Let's look at the bigger picture here. Um, what does this mean for the series, okay? Now, you can argue that, A, it's partly that they were, uh, they were rusty and they were out of sync and all those different things. Usually that lasts for like a half, though, and that is not the case what happened with the uh, Warriors. This was something that they actually you know, lasted the whole game. And they don't have KD, and I know they were already worried about that. Boogie uh, did not look very good at all to me. I'm, I, his leg does not look like it's healed to me. He actually was somewhat effective in the first half, but they finally got him in to start the fourth quarter of the second half, and it was or the, uh, the fourth quarter, and it just it just didn't look good. They got him in pick and rolls, uh, and he just wasn't in sync. You, you got You know, you can't be expected to do well in the finals on defense without a lot of game under your belt, and he just hasn't played for what five weeks. So um, that's a problem. But maybe they could find spot little minutes here and there, but I wouldn't throw them in in the fourth quarter. Now, another problem that the Warriors had, I thought, with their rotations was Livingston. He has looked like a shell of himself for a long time now, and I just don't know why they kept going to him like that because he, he, you know, there was about, he played for about two and a half extra minutes in that fourth quarter when he shouldn't have. And I don't know why, you know, even a guy like... Um, uh, Al, uh, Al, uh, Alfonso McKinney was better. Um, and Stefan is asking what happened. Let me just quickly tell him to, you know, click on the link again. Um, click on the link again. Let's see here. Click on the link again. And maybe he'll come back in. So, um, anyway, so that's a real problem with Livingston. He's definitely a, a guy who uh, clearly has... Um, you know, it's just not his, it's not his thing. They're going to limit his minutes. Let's really quick. Let's go check the box score real quick. I'm curious. Uh, Livingston ended up playing 18 minutes, not a lot, but he should have played 14 or 15. So now Danny Green was interesting because he got another extra run. He got his 30 minutes after being down to about 14 himself in the other series. 
and he did better, three for seven from three, which is pretty, basically his only job. And uh, he looked he looked okay um, from a lot of that stretch. Norman Powell, very curiously, only got five minutes, and they gave Patrick McCaw seven of those minutes. The first run that McCaw got, uh, I don't think he played the seven straight. He looked pretty good. He hit a shot, and he did he did some things, and he had an assist. Assist, But then he looked kind of bad after that. Did too much, got sucked under the basket, and Clay was able to defend him, and he threw the ball off the off, like out of bounds. So that's another issue that, that uh, is interesting. I suppose he might feel that McCaw is a guy who um, has – it won't be intimidated. It kind of has a sense of what they're like uh, for the um, – the Warriors, so he figured he'd trust him and give him, give him some minutes. But I would like to see Norman Powell get out there and get a better run than that. Uh, but it didn't really matter you know, when you have Siakam going off for 32. Now, uh, Lowry was ineffective, you know, pretty much on offense. They did, they did a good job there. Now, that was with um, Clay Thompson guarding him originally. So I, that's what I was looking for in the, the start. It was how they wanted to all match up. And my notes I wrote down, we had uh, Clay was on Lowry. And um, let's see here. What else was the matchups here? I thought I wrote it down. Uh, oh, yeah. Draymond was on Gasol, and then uh, Green was on Kawhi. Uh, oh, Green was on Kawhi on the other end. Now, that's another interesting thing that Nick Nurse decided to go with was they put Siakam on, um, on uh, Bell. And, again, Bell out of nowhere starting, right? And then they put Looney in to start the second half. So um, that is it's some interesting things that they're all doing. Now, they also went kind of deep in the rotations as well. So um, even though the Raptors starters all, you know, Siakam got 40, Leonard got 43, from there, Gasol was in foul trouble, and I thought that was going to hurt them because he was doing incredible. Now, that was one other problem. So not only did we see really bad rotations uh, defensively getting back in transition, just not hustling back, not picking up men, but Gasol was a beneficiary of a lot of really poor rotations uh, off of him and that let him get back in the game, uh, that let him get wide-open shots, and that gave him a nice cushion early on. And I thought that his, you know, limited his minutes with the foul trouble was really going to hurt the Raptors, but it didn't, of course, because Siakam, you know, was just when it was just destroying them. Um, let's see here. Uh, Stefan is having trouble getting back in. I'm going to see if I can't create one more um, while we're talking really quickly. Another uh, session here. Oh, boy. It won't let me do it. Well, that's interesting. Um, anyway, well, we got Stefan for a few minutes in there. I guess I'll have to ride this home on my own. Uh, not a problem because we'll get, let's dive into some of the, um, the questions here while we have them. So give me some good questions over in the YouTube. Let's go over to the, um, uh, Periscope real quick to see. We have a lot of people here as well. So let's see here. Um, team elite peak, uh, said Kerr didn't trust his second unit in the second half. Um, Yeah. That is true, although I would say he did trust him too much. I mean, certainly with Livingston, he should have uh, taken him out earlier. Um, but he didn't trust someone like McKinney, who I would have liked to have seen got some more run instead because he's just more active defensively. He hit a shot or two. Um, let's see. Grayson Adrian said, uh, Raptors look good, but they kind of had to win this game or series already over. Now, that's interesting, but I'm not so sure that this that was as crucial because they have home court advantage. Uh, but certainly getting off to a good start is important. What I had predicted the other day was that they were going to split these two games at home. I, I didn't really have a feeling necessarily who would win the first game, although I did acknowledge that the rust, I, I think the rust is a real thing. They were off for a long time, and the only question we have to have about that is whether or not it was about their, uh, did that diminish their intensity? I was expecting turnovers. I was expecting, like, missed shots, that kind of thing. I wasn't expecting, you know, the bad defense the way they played it, but um, who knows? That could also be another, you know, symptom of being off for so long. Um, but the Raptors' defense, again, was, was really good. I thought they played pretty well. Now, Steph Curry, his numbers uh, as a boxer, we go to the box score, 
Uh, Steph Curry was 8 for 18, did not shoot awesome, 4 for 9 from 3, and he had 14 for 14 from the line. And I kind of felt like there was they were kind of manhandling him again, but that's sort of par for the course. They don't call a lot of that when he's off the ball. He had 34 points. Klay Thompson was also off a little bit. That technical foul he got, you know, he he tossed the ball at the ref and wasn't looking at him. That's pretty much an – it's almost like when you, when you spike the ball down, they call it a tech. And um, – that's going to be like, you know, one of those automatic tees. And he, he kind of knew it. He, he pulled off on the pass, didn't throw it, didn't fire it at him. But, you know, it's just one of those things. You know that, that the ref that called it has to go to the scores table and signal who it was. And he's not the guy you pass it to. Uh, and that was the moment where I thought, this is like a meltdown. They kind of just got up in their heads. They were not going to come back. You can kind of just tell they didn't have it. Where we had seen in the um, Blazers series multiple times, when they turned up their defense, they could demolish the team. And then the series before that, they really did it. And it just wasn't going to happen uh, that way. So, um, uh, you know, that is a, a thing they're going to have to tap into. Now, we, we've seen them do it. We've seen the switch to flip the switch. So I have to imagine that, that they will get a lot more of an intense game out of the Warriors in game two. And, you know, you have to imagine they're good. Uh, I, I kind of feel like they, they would win game two, the Warriors. And so now we have a 1-1 series. And I also feel like going back into uh, Oracle, they'll split those two games. And then we have the game five in Toronto, which decides the series. Um, but I will say that there was a minute in the second quarter where um, Steph made it had a, threw the ball and it got tipped and then he got a, a, an offensive foul uh, in midcourt and the ball went back to the Raptors and all of the, that was the moment the gauntlet was dropped for me where all of a sudden it was like gosh the Raptors they're good and they they really have a chance to win this series I know people were trying to play it up before the game on TV that like they really you know I wasn't quite sold but I saw it. Um, and and uh, I think that they are. They're ready to do it. I'm going to press this button one more time and then press this button and see what happens. Oh, there he is. Okay. Now that I had a chance, I thought about it while I was talking, and now I got uh, Stefan back here. So let's get Stefan back in, and hopefully we can hear him. Stefan, are you back with us? Yeah. Can you all hear right. me? Sorry about that. Yeah, okay. Who knows what technology and all the halfway across the country or the world, but... You're back. Thank God, because I was talking about myself for a long time, and I don't even know what people are thinking, but I need to hear your voice. Are you ready? You know, it's the finals. you got to make adjustments. Yeah. <laughs> right. well, I'm glad I can figure that out. I, there's a button I had to press while I'm talking to everybody, while I'm reading questions. All right. What, can you weigh in with something? Give me something that you want to talk about. Okay. So I wanted to talk about the fact that um, Raptors played patiently, extremely patient, and exploited the, the mismatches. We stopped the, the moment we stopped. We, we talked about uh, Pascal Siakam and his matchup with, uh, with Draymond Green. So both him on his matchup and every, every other mismatch that happens, you know, whether it's by doubling Kawhi, getting the ball out of his hands, or by the penetration of Lowry or Van Vliet, you know, there are so many mismatches that, that happened for the Raptors, and they were pretty successful in, in using and abusing those, you know. So as long as they keep doing that, I, I think that they would be in good shape. Yeah, and I think that, yeah, again, what I had said when you were off was that um, I kind of feel like the rust was part of what, you know, took away some of their intensity. But you know what? Because uh, you have to imagine that's good, they're going to ramp that up uh, in, in game two. Uh, let's go to, I saw, saw a good, uh, type, uh, Typo asks on uh, the Periscope, Coach, what do you think of Drake and Dre talking trash to each other? Just Draymond being Draymond. Did I miss that? Did you see that? Uh, you know, I miss that as well, but uh, Drake talks trash with everybody, so that's nothing new. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it, I guess it's part of the game. I didn't, I, you know, I thought it was kind of funny when he when he was massaging Nick Nurse uh, in that moment. Um, yeah. I know the league had a problem with that, but um, either way, you know, it, it, you know, in theory, what you would say as a coach or whatever would be like as soon as Draymond's doing that, he's not he's not focusing on the game, and so that's a problem. And you know, certainly Draymond seemed a bit out of it. I don't think he he his drives to the basket weren't nearly as effective as they were in the last series. And you know, and again, he's not really you know he's he's okay at those. And I, I was a little bit surprised how effective he was in the last series, to be honest, especially in the in opening court and making some of those shots because sometimes he goes a little too fast and he, the shots don't go in. Um, but what do you think? Is Draymond going to be able to improve in, for game two? Oh, definitely, definitely. And also the fact that you said the rust thing, uh, there, for game two, there's also going to be the factor of sense of urgency. You know, they can go down 0-2 in a suit. I mean, they can, but there's going to be some sense of urgency there, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, um, I also figured one thing out uh, for the Warriors. I like the whenever Steph Curry had the ball and there was like, uh, usually there was a 1-5 pick and roll, you know. Yeah. Coming off of that screen, he was automatic either score, either find the, the open guy or get free throws. So he he got a lot of free throws off of the off of that pick and roll. You know, he beat both his man and the and the help. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and interesting, you know, we see that Shane Ellard was saying that the Warriors were held to 17 fast break points. Uh, and that's another good point. And it's hard to fast break when the other team is scoring often. And that, I thought that's what was the Raptors were doing. And so uh, that was another issue, too, because obviously they live in the transition, too. That's where they get a lot of their threes. You know, it's funny. I just want to check Clay again. Clay's line was 8 for 17. This is not bad. 3 for 6. But, you know, six three attempts is really low for him. And I thought they did a really good job defending him. I'm going to have to go back and look at the footage again to really focus on what they were doing with him off ball. But uh, they were having him try to bring the ball up a little bit, and that, that was a, not a great look for, for Clay. right? The ball was getting knocked around a little bit. He's, he, just, he handled the ball a lot more, I feel like. They, they caught him in, the, in transition, and he took three steps, and they didn't call it. Uh, you yeah, said, they you didn't call one? it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and that was another one of those things. where Okay, let's talk about the referees for a minute. What do you think about the refs? Um, honestly, I usually don't try to, uh, you know, assess their performance unless it's something dramatic. Uh, that dunk for, for Clay with three ste- three or four steps, I don't know. I yeah. saw that, but otherwise, there were a few, like the Lowry call, he, he got called for a foul, and I thought that was clean. There was also one against the Warriors that yeah. I thought should, shouldn't have been called. But overall, I wouldn't say that they had a huge impact impact on the game, you know. I thought that was pretty... Yeah. I mean, I, I think it wasn't bad. I, I mean, there was, yeah, obviously the calls you mentioned. Um, and, you know, there was like a step. People were asking if there's a step. Uh, he tried to take a charge, which it looked like a block to me. That was fine. The Lowry charge that he drew on Draymond, if you can remember, it was a short roll or uh, off a pick and roll. You thought funny. that he was moving? Well, he got there, but the only part of the body that connected with Lowry was like his shin. It was a right. little bit weird, like, you know, and I guess that that's okay, but it, you kind of well, felt like, you know, that should be more like the body should be running through him or, um, you know, or, or it's not a call. You know what I mean? It was kind of weird, but Lowry's going to do that and drive you crazy. And he actually didn't draw as many foul calls as I thought he was going to do. Uh, you know, really? he's so good at that and getting into your body and then like flopping, not flopping. He'll, you know, he get it's legitimate contact, but he's good at initiating that. I think I remember two or three that he got. <clears throat> that okay. got on the, yeah. Yeah. And I, let's see here. As far as that, I don't know if that translated into um, 
into free throws. Lowry ended up taking, you know, two free throws. So that's one reason why maybe it didn't stand out is he didn't get them, you know, on shots that he would, you know, try and get normally. Mm-hmm. We have a pretty good question here in the uh, YouTube chat. James Rogero asks, do you feel that the trio of Gasol, Ibaka, and Siakam will overwhelm the smaller Golden State team? Now, that's interesting because they don't always play together, even though I think that they should, and I don't think they did at all. I feel like Ibaka came in for Gasol, so there wasn't a lot of overlap. Um, and in the last series, I really liked when they played those guys together. So what do you think? I mean, that, that trio is going to go up against, what, what do we have? Whoever's at center, Looney, and it's going to be Draymond. I mean, Draymond is long. Looney is long. Uh, I think they, they can kind of match that, right? Uh, if anything, I think that they should play even more than they, than they did in the Milwaukee series because now, in my opinion at least, they have more of, a, of, a, of an opportunity against Golden State. You, you had Giannis, you had Lopez. Those are big bodies, you know, down down low for Milwaukee. But here, if you don't punish him on the offensive end, you're going to get punished on defense because with all that ball movement and with, you know, spread it out on the perimeter, I'm even surprised that they were able to, to kind of play good defense with them. Talking with my friend before the game, I was kind of scared. I was like, will they be able to play Gasol, you know, and um, he, I got to say, he was good um, helping on, on the ball. But on all of those curls and uh, off-ball off screens, he is vulnerable. Yeah. You know, so you got to use them offensively if you, if you want to make the most of them. For sure. And it's certainly his offense would balance out any of the issues he would have had on defense. I think that the Warriors did miss out on the chance to attack him more in the pick and roll. The reason why they probably need to do that more in every finals we talk about this is that when Steph Curry has the ball and running pick and roll, they cannot be as physical with him because he's got the ball. They're going to have to call fouls. And when he's off ball, you know, that's when they're getting all handsy and pushing whatever and that, whatever. And that makes them a lot less effective in my mind. And it seems like every finals we go through this and finally in game three, they just unleash it and they let him go and then they take right. off. We'll right. see if they're going to figure that out a little bit earlier, because certainly that has to be the prime target, not only to, uh, to attack him on the defensive end, but you got to get Mark Gasol off the floor because he's going to, he can hurt them offensively as he showed tonight. Absolutely. And um, again, I would like him to be even more, down low he had like two threes or what was that two threes two long twos something like that i'm i like his shot making ability but again with this team i would park him in the paint uh ibaka as well park him in the paint just see what happens they play they had a few few plays um inside out that they played you know be be patient once they got the once they got the mismatch Throw it inside, see if there's going to be, you know, double yeah. teaming or help or something like that. They were they were patient. I like that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they look like the team that had been there for five straight years or whatever. Right. Yeah, right? surprising. Yeah, yeah. And, and, the, and the Warriors didn't. That, that was, it, was just, it was very shocking in a, in a weird Absolutely. way. And I don't want to take anything away from the Raptors because we know that they're really good. Uh, but they are certainly playing better. This is the best game they played probably in the whole playoffs, would you say? This one... And I want to say one of those uh, late Milwaukee games, was it five or six? I guess the I'm thinking about the road game. Okay. But yeah, they, they're kind of, yeah, they're pacing themselves throughout the playoffs. So I like them. Yeah. Now, uh, Funky uh, Kitchy asks, how big of an impact can Cousins be if he gets healthy? Well, there's no getting healthy, right? This is it. The game of the no. series is over in a week. 
Um, no. I don't. I and I mentioned this. I don't know if you were with us, but he, he doesn't look good. His it, that leg does not look like he. I mean, he already didn't look great when he came back the first time with the Achilles issue. He just, you know, his gait was off. I was always worried he's going to get hurt, which he did based on that because he was overloading other muscles. Um, you know, I thought we really saw it when they threw the ball over his head in transition when he was trying to get back and Ibaka got a dunk. And you can just see he just, you know, the pushing off on that leg doesn't work real well. He can't really move. I think uh, he tried to jump to to kind of intercept the ball, but no, there was no lift there. Yeah, right. And so, and, and you know, even still in the first run that he had, let's see here. Uh, oh, no, he only had three points with three free throws. So, yeah, I, I don't know what the Kerr is going to have his hands full because obviously Boogie wants to play and he expects to play, I imagine, even a little bit. He only played eight minutes. And at some point, though, they might, you know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, okay, this is one of those stories Huge where dilemma. he might come in. Yeah, he'll, one game he'll just save them, right? But otherwise, they got to pull the plug, right? You know, I mean, you can't give the guy any more than eight minutes in the finals if he's going to play like this, right? Uh, I texted my friend. I was like, the only chance they got is that uh, Boogie needs a lot of minutes and he just clogs the whole offense. You know, I, I texted them that. And, um, you know, he still didn't play a lot, but didn't look good in those minutes. Right. So, I don't know. Let's talk more about the Raptors because I feel like we're so focused on the Warriors right now and just what, anything else they did. Now, how about this? So, Fred Van Bleed comes in, and he's just been transformed. I, I guess the kid being born really d- did something. To me, it was just he, just, he added more arc to his shot, but hey. Uh, he, <laughs> I he saw that on Twitter, yeah. Yeah, right. He was a league leading or a team leading plus 11 with a couple other guys. 15 points, five for eight from the field, one for four from three. But he was just tough. Like, right, he was getting penetration. How many assists? He only had two assists, but he was like just, you know, uh, it was a problem for the Warriors. And I don't know what the answer is to match and up with him. I want to emphasize that because in the Milwaukee series, it was all jump shots. And when the jump shot isn't going, like, it's game over. You know, you're completely out of it. But here he was taking guys off the dribble. He had a switch a few times with Looney. He would just run, you know, straight past him. Like, that's the, the type of stuff that we know the, the Raptors guards for, you know, just being aggressive. Yeah. The shot is, is going to be there one one game. It's not going to be there the other game, but the aggressiveness has to be there. Sure. And I, I want to say one thing, though, in uh, on defense, he also kept that same aggression. You know, I like the way he, he was attached to Steph, even though Steph had – I don't have the numbers in front of me. Uh, how much he had? Wait, who are we talking about? Steph. How many points? Oh, Steph Curry had 34. Even though, but, like, I liked seeing him, you know, chase Steph off off those screens and all over the court. I I like seeing that. For sure, for sure. He's tough. He's a tough kid. He's he's, he's gone through a lot to get there. He's not going to back down. Um, I, I like his, I like him guarding Steph for sure. We got a couple of, uh, super chats to shout out here. Thank you so much to, uh, blue diamond gem. And he had a question, uh, is the, the, the Raptors, are they the team that Presti tried to make in OKC? Um, I mean, I don't know exactly what that question first, only because, you know, I would have thought like what Presti was trying to do is with, with, you know, uh, Russ and with, uh, Harden, like that would have been the team, I guess. But, uh, but I, I suppose, uh, I don't know. What do you can you figure out that question? Uh, I guess they're talking about the either on selfishness because in OKC towards the end of the games, you know, it would be all Russ and KD. Okay. Like they were my team, but like seeing Russ and KD in the fourth quarter, you know, and basically whenever they wanted, just dribble, pull up, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, seeing uh, how aggressive 
um, the Raptors have been both offensively and defensively, you know. For sure. Uh, and then we have another super chat from Christopher Poe. Thank you so much again for being part of the conversation. Uh, love the super chats. Thank you so much. Uh, let's, you know, let's kind of quickly, it looks like we have some good questions here. We can kind of run down quickly. Uh, Coach right. Nick, is Pat McCall the GOAT? Uh, no, but he's certainly, uh, he's certainly, I, I've always liked his game and, uh, it's, it's exciting to see him. I want to see Alfonso McKinney get more run. I thought he did really nicely and it's a nice story for him to, to get in there and make some plays. Uh, let's Can see. I say one thing just real quick? Yeah. Um, everybody is talking about Drake. What's he wearing? What is he doing? Who is he trash talking with? I want to, I want to see people talking about, how Kawhi Leonard is basically limping, playing two gears, you know, slower than he usually does, and he still does his thing. Wait, I don't, I, you saw him limping tonight? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Both limping and just being slow. If you run the, the tape back, you'll see. All right, that's what, weird. I, okay, yeah. I know the last two games against um, the Bucks, he looked healthy to me. He looked like he's moving well. But, like, I remember Iguodala pulled up. And, by the way, we got to talk about that for a second. But um, I'm missing I'm missing in my mind why, why I guess, I, you know, maybe I was quickly trying to jump around during the game. I didn't see uh, – I didn't see him. Okay, all right. Well, I'll, yeah. Twitter, yes. You were huh. all over the place, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, when I'm tweeting, I'm like I'm, – I get behind by 30 seconds. I got to jump I know, back. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in the middle, I might miss, like, the little in-between stuff. So, um you know what? And I guess it didn't matter because Siakam was scoring really well and filling that role that it didn't stand out as much to me um, because, you know, Kawhi did look, you know, he did uh, on some of his scores look good and, and is a problem for the, the Warriors defense. Um, let's see here. Do we have any good questions? I thought I saw one here. Um, how about you? And by the way, gra grab, a, grab, a, if you see the, uh, in the comments, grab a question. Um, why did Lowry not score so much? Audrey, Yumal asks, um, <laughs> Well, what do you think, Stefan? What do you think of why, why Lowry was sort of a non-factor? I can talk about this for like uh, forever. You know, with him, a, a, a lot of his games that are good, you know, there he makes an impact is not in the in the points department. And I kind of hate, I mean, not hate it, but I don't like that, that as much because I've always said that at some point, yeah, you're going to set the right screen. You're going to, you know, play good defense and stuff. But at some point to help your team, you got to score. You got to put your head down and go to the basket. And this was one of the, those games where he did a lot of things great, like a lot of things. But he just didn't score. And so I don't really know what to say. You know, I'm kind of torn between. Right. And, 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 and they have to be ecstatic if you're a Raptors fan because it felt like the, the only recipe for success for them would be that Lowry had to score well. And, right. you know, and the fact that they could do this and then win. Now, does this remind you a little bit of the, the Brook Lopez game one against the, the Raptors where he went off for like 28 points and the Milwaukee Bucks won that game? Do you have a feeling that that's – and by the way, they kind of disappeared after that or, you know, went back to his very normal self. Do you think that that could happen with Siakam? Oh, will that happen with Siakam? Well, again, uh, most of Siakam's points to me, what I saw were in transition. Yeah, yeah, he had a few jump shots that went in, but a lot of the points were in transition. So the problem for the Warriors wasn't, you know, Siakam in specific or like whoever in specific, but it was them not getting back, you know, not playing Warriors defense, not, you know, just have the intensity that they usually have. And yeah, Steve Curry is going to, you know, say a few magic words in practice, you know, yeah. he's going to get him ready. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. We have, you know, it's a good question here in the chat, although it doesn't say here. Oh, a couple people wanted to know, Drew Helfand and Nick Flynn wanted to know how I knew, oh no, they want to talk about Danny Green. Uh, Drew wants to know how I knew Danny Green would be so bad against the Bucks, but then also good against the Warriors. I would love to take credit for that, but I don't think I said that as far as I know. Um, you, you know, uh, I hope we're not frozen. Oh, never mind. We're frozen on my thing. Anyway, so I hope that, um, so if I did say that, then great. I guess I was smart, but I, I, I was so down on Danny Green that I wouldn't thought he, he was, you know, good at all. He, he wouldn't be good in this series. So, uh, but he was fine. Again, if he hits, uh, what we say, four for seven from the uh, from behind the arc, that's, and, and you know, he'll play, his defense will be fine if to, to good. Uh, if he can do that, it was three for seven. So that's, that's okay. I, I would have said, you know, give Powell five of those minutes and let Danny Green play 25. Um, but, you know, I'm sure at some point Nick Nurse was like, I can't touch this. I'm not going to move anybody <laughs> because yeah. it was working yeah. well no matter what. And that's, that's always the thing you got to worry about as a coach. You start to meddle too much and, you know, you can, you can disrupt stuff. So certainly, uh, you know, Danny Green isn't an X factor in my mind, um, right? Because they, they, they can just bench him when they know it's not working and find someone like Norman Powell to come in. Norman Powell has really been great for them, uh, you know, off the bench. And I saw that during his explosion against the Bucks. I saw that during the season, he was like, two, I don't remember the exact number, but really good percentage on threes, 39, I'm going to say, during the season. So I was like, this is not by accident. You know, he, I guess he's a nice shooter from three. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Matthew Horning says, Coach Nick, who's more important for the Raptors, Kyle Lowry or Pascal Siakam? Now, that's a really good question. Again, we just kind of mentioned that in the notion of I never would have thought they could win a game in the finals with Lowry scoring less than 10 points. And, you know, uh, he did some good stuff, but usually they need that scoring. Um, But you have Pascal Siakam, who really just overwhelmed them. You know, I know a lot of it was in transition, but even even in the half court, they went at Draymond in the beginning of the game and it was bad. Like he missed two shots and Draymond was like, this is going to be easy for him. I thought they're going to have to go away from that. But then they went to it again at least three times in the second half where he just went at him and he scored. So right. that to me is probably the I, – I, I might have to think, and then on both ends with Siakam playing defense, he blocked a shot so hard um, on – right? It was on Draymond, right? I know he did a one-handed layup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and, and I'm like, oh, so you know what? Siakam might be the guy, right, who's going to ultimately decide what, which way this goes. I would have said that he's the next factor and Lowry is more important before this game. But after seeing all of this, you know, I guess, yeah, Siakam is really, really important for the team. Yeah, yeah. And he's turning into that Scotty Pippen or whatever role you want to call him, right? And, uh, and uh, you know, and he, let's see, did he hit threes? He hit, uh, yeah, he was two for three from three. Um, you know, they were open. Now, that's the other thing is this is an interesting game to start, right? I think that almost every shot taken from both teams was a three the first quarter, or it seemed that way, right? And what what was interesting to me was the, the opportunities and the looks for Golden State, for example, were mostly driven off of those curls for Thompson and, and um, Curry, you know, so either they take the shot or you need to help off of them and you know the ball starts moving and they find the open guy but on the the opposite end for Toronto it was driven off of the either mismatch or like um, double teaming and so yeah the ball starts moving so for Toronto was off of the on ball man and for Golden State was off of the off ball screens so that was pretty interesting 
Yeah, absolutely. That's a really great point uh, and a, a nice kind of dichotomy about, you know, how these guys are going to attack and uh, what they're going to change and what they're not going to change. But either way, uh, a really uh, surprising game, but a, a good game, an exciting game. I certainly am hoping this goes six, seven games, right? I don't want this season to end, do you? I think after this first win for Toronto, I we got six games. I said Warriors in six. I think we got now at least six, so let's yeah. see. Yeah, and I, and I think it's going to play out. I mean, here, my prediction would be split in Toronto. Um, and uh, and by the way, there's me saying Toronto to Gubalot, who says I can't say Toronto for some reason. And um, and they're gonna, I think they're going to split in, in, in the Oracle. And so we're going to come back. And that game five, you know, will decide the series. It usually does. And it's going to be in Toronto, which is going to be interesting because certainly they, they'll get some, you know, extra bump for being at home. Um, but you think the Warriors are still going to win in six or seven? I said it before the game. I, I, I'm really rooting for Toronto, to be honest. I've yeah. said it all throughout the, you know, even against Milwaukee. I, that, that was my team. So, right. But I, I hey. think that they're gonna, they're gonna win in six. Right. We'll have a last question. We can grab. Uh, we can uh, last couple of questions real quick that are pretty good in the YouTube comments. Uh, Tushar Daryanani asks, if KD returns, can the Warriors turn this around? Well, let me just say this about KD real quick because my concern for him is he'd be um, he'd be uh, rusty, and that might be a problem for them as far as like, and then he won't have the same kind of rhythm, so that could be a problem. And um, let's see, what else could be a problem? Oh, uh, he won't be in shape, and if he's not in shape and he's rusty, all those other things that might not hurt, that might hurt them. So that'd be my concern. I think mostly with Kevin Durant, he, he might not, you know, it might be really tough to try and throw him in there in Game Three. What do you think? I want to say that that would be a different type of rust, and I'm 100% with that. You know, he's is going to be rusty coming off of injury. You know, the conditioning is not going to be 100% there. The movement, I guess, is not going to be there. You know, we're going to see something, I guess, not uh, exactly like Cousins, but, you know, he's going to be pretty limited, and so he might disrupt the, the whole flow for the, for the Warriors. But talking about that, it ain't like they had a – really good great flow in this game so you know right we have another question here real quick let's see here danny belizen asks how did freddie play such good defense on steph in terms of technique footwork pick and roll i mean i i watched a little bit of it i tried to while i was doing it but it was hard because i'm trying to watch everything uh but i did see him you know he was a bit physical down low when steph was getting ready to cut around and that always helps and that will you know as long as the referees will allow that uh, that'll help but you know and then i thought his footwork is really good around those screens he's able to dart and like uh, slalom step like i talk about to get around and then he doesn't stop he's just got a lot of energy and a lot of the defense is in the effort to me, you know, so if, if you're an effort player, you're going to 50% of the job is done. You know, that's why I like uh, Danny Green. I kind of like Danny Green. And I feel like even with his shooting roles throughout the playoffs, he's been able to stay in the, in the lineup because of his hard nosed defense, you know. Yeah, that uh, that is true. Although I wasn't liking his hard nosed defense for a while there either, um, but you know he's he's got it in him and he he, he knows how to play that. Uh, let's finish up here. We got another question here um, from uh, Latino by Nature. You guys think this is the last season for Sean Livingston? His vision and hands have declined. I think it would be. Um, it's clear, and I think you know I think everyone in, in Golden State is clear to them too. He's just. He's just not the same guy. He doesn't hit this, that 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 weird jumper he's got with no. the near the same consistency. Um, you know, I, I mean, every once in a while he pulls out a great play, but it doesn't seem like he's not the same player. So, what do you think? Is he, is this going to be it for him? 
Um, I guess so. I, shameless plug. I made a video about that weird, weird jumper of his. Uh, yeah. But, um, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I noticed that this season he's really like he does. He doesn't have that in him. The, the juice. He doesn't have the juice. And also Andre Godala talked about during the media availability or whatever that's called. Uh, talked about this being one of his last, if not the last season. He, he said he knows he's towards the end. He's at the very end of his career. That's talking about Iguodala, not Livingston, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw that. But then I thought I saw him say something else about, you know, uh, you know, he's got a couple more years he'd play. But, yeah, Iguodala, too. Now, that's another question we didn't really bring up as we wrap this up is, you know, Iguodala, you know, it looked like he probably got a cramp, perhaps. He, he wasn't, like, completely uh, incapacitated, but it looked like it was hurting him, right? Is that what it looked like to you? Um, honestly, I didn't see this. Was, was there a specific play? At the very, very end, they kind of just showed a replay of him after he made a play. I think he scored and then he was just sort of, again, you missed the, I missed the limping of Kawhi and then you missed, yeah. the, you know, missed the limping of, uh, of Iguodala. It didn't look horribly serious, but when at that age, everything is serious. But throughout the whole game, I, I do feel like, uh, Iguodala makes his presence felt. And in this game, I, I didn't see that. Both yeah. offensively and defensively. I don't know. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, and then let's see, who was the better coach tonight? Tino K asks. I mean, I think Nick Nurse wins that one hands down. Hands down. I, I, the thing I would give a bad check mark for Steve Kerr would be leaving Livingston in too long, uh, giving that second run to Boogie to start the fourth quarter. I, I thought they should have given him that run with three minutes to go in the third, where it, the game was still kind of close, and they could have you know hit him there and see how it went, and then get him. But once it gets into the fourth, and then he's going to not help you. Uh, that's just that you're, you're setting him up for failure. It, it, it was, I don't think it was a good decision. Again, I don't know what what can you do with a uh, with a star like that. It, it's a problem. It's a problem for any coach. You know, you you feel like you have to get him in. He has to get some minutes. But like, here's yeah. what happens. Yeah, and especially because you, you might have a problem on your hands if he doesn't play after he expects to play. You know, yeah. he, he, we've seen Boogie be a problem. I don't think he would do that in this situation because he's probably grateful just to be there, I would hope. But you never know, and it's certainly on his mind, I'm sure. So, um, all right, well, let's, let's see here. Let's, I guess let's, let's wrap this up. I think this is a great show. Great having everybody there. I'm glad we got you back in here, Stefan, to finish out the, uh, the, 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 the uh, second half strong. And uh, let's do it again. What do you say? Can you stay up with us for another one? Oh, sure thing. Sure thing. Thanks for having me. Always available. Great talk, and I enjoy this. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for you coming on, Stefan. Thanks, everybody, on Periscope and YouTube for joining us. We'll see you on the, on the uh, podcast tomorrow, too, when I post it. So uh, don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, we're not a channel. We're a conversation. You win. You win. Are you in, Stefan? Sure thing. I'm in. Mean.